Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Alrighty, folks, we have a contributing writer to Housing Wire, somebody that is a must-follow on Twitter or X, and she writes an amazing Substack, which I poured over the last couple of days, and she's a GFC1 survivor. Let's welcome Melody to the show. How are you doing, Melody? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, one of the things that I, you have, it, first off, you're a wonderful writer. Writing is a gift, and you have it, and uh, I'm jealous. I'm blushing. When, <laughs> when I write, I uh, I screw up words, misspelling. I run. It's just it's it's all kinds of a mess. I'd much rather just speak than write. So uh, people need to meet. It's it, it's a it's a pleasure to read your article. So oh, wow, very thank well you. done. Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> one thing that I really felt, and I do mean felt, in one of the articles I read yesterday, preparing for today is you were in, I'm going to call it loss mitigation. It may have been called something else, but sure. you were you were responsible for reading these heartfelt letters, right? right? One of the things that a lot of people don't realize today is back to GFC1, A, the banks wouldn't work to you until you were 90 days late. Then you were 90 days late. You had to submit a hardship letter. And apparently you were one of the individuals that had to open and read those, which Correct. I can only imagine was not a lot of fun. No, it, it was really not a lot of fun. And I think one thing too, that a lot of people misunderstand is that, um, cause I worked at one of the big five servicers and originators is that it wasn't necessarily our choice about that 90 day. Like, you know, a lot of what we lend is, uh, for Fannie Freddie, um, mm -hmm. and for FHA VA, and there's a whole bunch of investor guidelines that you have to follow. And, and, you know, as the banks, we didn't get a lot of options with those loans specifically with our private loans, which were a much bigger portion back then. Of course, we had some leeway and we did a lot of different things. Um, but yes, it was. So I ran default um, uh, after trying uh, helping us with our bankruptcy and our consent orders and AG settlement, which are just big words for how we all got in trouble. <laughs> and so lots and of so, people got in trouble. Yes. We all got in trouble, but never the ones that really should have gotten in trouble. That's the funny thing. Um, Amen to that. Amen to yeah, that. My organization took TARP. They just didn't give the servicing arm any money. So we were starved. We didn't have enough people. So there's, you know, it's very complicated picture, but I, they came in because we, we had gone into bankruptcy and Fannie and Freddie were threatening to pull our servicing if we didn't get our seriously delinquent numbers down, which at the time nobody was because mm -hmm. states were on hold. So it was oh, almost yeah. like they knew we were under uh, uh, their thumb. And so we had a different sort of expectation than many. So put it this way, my servicing president put me in charge of that. Uh, and I had to figure out how to get, you know, how to get these loans resolved. And part of that too, is you really do have to understand who's actually struggling, who's not. And every single loss mitigation application, and that, that happens today too, uh, you have to have one of those hardship letters and they are, they are brutal to read, just brutal. Oh, yeah. yeah so. I, I, can, <laughs> I can only imagine. And again, because we both survived GFC one, 
which I think is a great title, which implies GFC two is around the corner. We'll get into that later. Uh, but a lot, I I'm curious and I look back historically, I, I never read any of these letters. I, I have friends and family and strategic faults. It became a whole thing. Right. Yes, but did. a lot of the, you know, kind of Monday morning quarterback, if you will, kind of just looking in the rearview mirror, a lot of the pain was from payment shock. At least that's you're right. Cause Hey, we got a loan. It was, it was affordable at the two year market reset. And now it's not affordable. And Oh, by the way, my husband or wife lost his job and it was, it was kind of all these compounding things. Yeah. Um, so when you think back to the letters you got, I, I'm guessing, and again, purely a guess, a lot of them was because of the, the payment shocks. Well, this is what's funny. And so, okay. cause like th that's the kindling, right? So we all yeah. know subprime was the kindling and we all have seen the big short and we all, but the fed has written some amazing papers as well as Brookings has done studies as well as just my experience, we understood that's how it started. That's not how right. it ended. And oh, so no. When, You're right. <laughs> and when I took over in 2012 is when I actually took over default. Oh, 12. Okay. 12. So we're, because we're like I was three years in. Yeah. Three years in because I, we were just trying to survive. Like we really thought we we're hoping we wouldn't have to go into bankruptcy. So we made it a lot longer than some of the bigger ones that okay. failed right away. And we were struggling for dear life. Um, so I took over in 2012 and by that point, all of that had been washed out and mm -hmm. it was just, it was, it was either your strategic defaulters or it was your true, they were prime borrowers when they got, when this all started mm -hmm. um, and they either lost their job or simply, and this is what I think a lot of people are missing this time around is that when those home prices go up, so do your property taxes and so yeah. do your insurance because- yeah you know, your assessed value is higher. Your replacement cost is higher. And so it, because everybody looks back and says subprime, 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 they miss actually what happens. And, and then a lot of people will say, oh, but we have to have the job losses. No, actually like, yeah, that was just like throwing, you know, gasoline on the fire. But already there were people who, when they took out that mortgage, they believed one of two things, either they'd be able to afford it. They weren't thinking about those increased taxes, increased insurance, um, you know, or essentially they thought they could refi, you know, and, and refi till we, you die. Yes, yes. Correct. Yes. But now instead of refi till you die, we're hearing date the rate. Right. And, yeah, and so date the rate, that. date the rate. And, I, and, hate and I, I hate it so much. And I hear it. So I still have active client books. You know, I'm still working with mortgage lenders right now. And, and I just, I cringe, at, you know, every time I hear, because sure, we put a, we've created a cute little phrase, but is it really, you know, any different than refi till you die? I mean, it's, no, it's you know, not. so anyway, <laughs> yeah. so when so, I got in, it was really your prime borrowers that were under stress. Yeah. So I want to walk through that. Cause again, I, I agree with you. I went through the whole thing, right. Meaning. I was doing investing back then. So yeah. you're absolutely right. And my, it started with kind of the subprime, the whole, the payment shock, the, Oh my God, my payment yep. went from 12 to 1800. That right. led to inventory. That right. inventory wasn't being absorbed. And let's also right. not forget banks could suddenly change the rules, yeah. right? Because what happened in my opinion, my memory, we went from being able to get unlimited loans as investors to 10 to four. Right. So one of the things that happened last time is, you not only had supply coming on from distressed sellers, you also effectively removed demand. 
So yeah. supply starts stacking and then pretty soon yeah. you're left with cash buyers. That's right. And guess what? They're cheap. They're they're not paying squat. They're paying land value, right? A hundred percent. This is not hard, folks. No. And already we're hearing the studies about, uh, so NAR put out a study last, a couple of months ago about, they, they looked at all the investors that were buying and they showed the net price reductions when investors bought. They're not, they're not no, usually stupid. I, if it's not 30% not... off list price, I'm not playing. I mean, what, exactly. are, what, are, we, what are we doing here, folks? I'll do a deal, but it ain't going to be at list price. A hundred percent. Yeah. So then, so then just for folks that don't know the word strategic default, right? So basically, yeah. you're in your home, you're still employed. I'll I'll paint that picture. You can make the payment, but you decide not to. That's right. Because there's no equity. I mean, I had a friend. I wrote about it in my first book, One Rental at a Time. After Katrina, way back when, when it hit oh. Louisiana, the government uh, created yeah. um, some kind of special depreciation schedule or something. Sure. So he goes out there and buys four brand new homes. <laughs> and you know, for a while it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, subprime grew up and then property values yeah. fell. And then the economy was still yeah. crap in Louisiana. And then yeah. pretty soon he's like, well, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention it was an alligator, meaning he was feeding it a thousand bucks a month, 250 per house. Wow. He got tired of doing that. Yeah. He never lost a job. Yeah. Here as I know, he was never afraid of losing his job. He just yeah. got irritated with writing a thousand dollar check on an asset that was worth less than he bought. So he said, you know what? Everybody else is defaulting. I'm going to let all four of them go at the Correct. same time. Yep. And that's a strategic default. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now we go. So a lot of those loans, my words, not yours, were what was called alt a, this yep. kind of, oh. this, this kind yes. of gap between subprime and prime alt a low doc. I mean, I, here's the crazy thing. Thank you. I, I just, my last, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my last loan, my last loan. I kid you not, the mortgage broker I was using said, "Sign this." I'm like, "There's nothing on the form." Oh, don't worry, we have we have your file. Yeah. Late yeah. stage, right? Yeah, Late it, stage. total top. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, and to me, DSCR is all day and stated income, you know, and, and now I'm not saying Probably, yeah. every lender is doing that. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. Um, but it is I morphed into you, that late stage. Yes. It, I and and it, there are many, many that are doing bank statement loans, stated yes. income. And how, about you know, air, how about air DNA on Airbnb properties? Really? really? DSCR, Airbnb. That sounds like fun. Yeah, and that's exactly and that's exactly what's happening. And they're doing it on these inflated values that AirDNA is putting out there because I mean I, I think well in fairness to AirDNA, it's they're probably not inflated. I don't want to begrudge them. They're current data, they're not future lower values. I don't want to begrudge their data. It's just it's a wild ass assumption. Exactly. Without overlaying macro factors, yeah. without overlaying demographics, Trend without overlaying and, yeah. all of that stuff. And so, you know. Fair enough, you know, but I will say that, you know, I've done a lot of looking at properties and if I were an investor, I would think that I was going to be making more money than if I didn't do other research. And so, by the way, you should always, as I'm sure you always coach, do other yeah. research. <laughs> Got to do the work. I mean, that's, that's I, so, yeah. so again, I got 22 years into this. Um, 
it's never been a better time to do the work. Understand what a great deal is average. We'll, we'll get into all of that, but let's, we haven't even got to prime borrowers. So right. we did, we did um, subprime, which went to alt a and yeah. now prime. And this is the important part because that was probably 2013, 14. And where, where I bring this up is there are a lot of people that I term crash bros. Yeah. That are making wild ass calls about an epic housing collapse in the next three months. I'm like, you Never idiots are you're, you're idiots and morons. <laughs> if you want to talk about a multi-year journey, Correct. we can have that conversation. Yes. I'm game. Yes. But if you're gonna come out and tell me we're gonna have a 15, a 20, a 30 percent drop in three months, mm -hmm. you're a moron. Just housing moves way slower. Way too price elasticity. Yeah. I mean, you're not even 90 days late in three months. So, I mean. No, and you're going to get caught in all of these. Since COVID, the lost MIP programs are yeah. streamlined. Like, so if you're 90 days late, I have to send you a modification in the mail, even if you won't even talk to me. Exactly. So, you know, so no, it's it's never going to happen in three months. And anybody, you know, but but I can tell you it's accelerating, uh, but, you know, not in yeah, three so, months. So, so yeah. let's get there. So, the, again, I read a lot of your articles knowing Sorry. you were coming here. No, I thought it was great. I, I honestly, I went to read one just so I wasn't uninformed. I'm like, damn, she can write. So I read some more. I must have read five or six. And they're on, they're on Substack, right? That's Correct. I said yeah. that's the first yeah, time I'd ever Substack. been to Substack. Oh, so wow. You, yeah. First time. I went there just for you. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably Excellent. go back just for you because I went to look at some other stuff and it's crap, but your stuff was pretty good. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so the one thing I read that I thought was interesting, and I think some of this, again, just me and you talking might be some of that painful history you had. Mm -hmm. You might be some PTSD, right? You put out some, yeah, you put out some, some, some data about um, uh, delinquencies. I think it was 30 days and 90 days. Uh, mm -hmm. And they 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 were up noticeably month on month, um, and the trend the is clear. Yeah, 60s. the thirties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. the trend is clear. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. It was it was yep. clear as day. Yeah, uh, we are still below historical 100%. averages, except for FHA and VA. They're above pre-pandemic highs. But okay. yes, I missed that. We are, especially on the SDQ or seriously delinquent, we're very very low. Yep. Yeah. So the question I have for you, because I. I love, I respect what you've done, all of that is, I'm wondering, and this is just a query, we obviously came out of this whole forbearance, you know, can't start anything nonsense. Yeah. And I know for being in the game, there are real reasons people need to be foreclosed on, death, divorce, 100%. You know, all of this. Yep. For a couple of years, yeah. those couldn't. were stuck. That's right. So That's my thinking is some of this early variability might just be unsticking stuff that should have been and frankly needs to go through the process. Is that reasonable or am I just hoping? No, no, no. I think that is completely so that that's part of it for sure. And and so okay. what I'm already seeing though, which might surprise you, so I'm definitely seeing because what happened during COVID is everybody got a crap ton of benefits. I mean they were unbelievable. Money, 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 money. Money, yeah. money, money partial claim, payment deferral. It's not yeah. even being actually reported in our balances right now, that payment mm. deferral. We can talk about that later. But okay. a lot of people used up their benefits, you know? And so now those are the ones that basically are making it through that 30, 60 plus. Mm. That, that's one component. And mm. FHA, VA specifically, because uh, we have doubled 
Jeannie May, our FHA VA uh, MBS since 2009. That that was something that shocked me and I didn't realize. Wow. I did not yeah. know that. So we went from around 7% to 16%. And those and loans- for folks that don't know that Jenny yeah. May, what, what, what does Jenny May do? So Jenny May, so basically you deliver to Jenny May uh, your FHA, your, you know, your VA USD loans, and they package them up and securitize them. And so, mm -hmm. and theoretically they're insured. And I'm sure we don't have enough time to talk about that on the show, <laughs> but what I can tell you is that they never pay that insurance. Okay. No, like yeah. it, 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 and so, but a lot of people get into the Jenny May game because the spread is much higher, um, you know, on those servicing rights initially, but they don't understand you're going to pay that back in spades later on. Um, yeah. So anyway, we've doubled that. And so already those borrowers, uh, some people call it government sponsored subprime. And I would have been hesitant to say that until very recently when I started looking at some of the credit credit scores and oh, just really? really was blown away. Like, I, I mean, uh, lower than I saw in the GFC. Okay. And so sub, sub 600. So yes, oh, I've goodness. seen a 450. Um, and so, I mean, it's a 450 wow. now, don't get me wrong. Okay. It's a 450 yeah. now. Um, but they didn't have any delinquent mortgage payments. So what's bringing yeah. it down to 450 likely yeah. they've got mortgages somewhere else and it's probably an, a fraudster loan. So, yeah, but, but what I'm seeing right now is kind of your most vulnerable and that's your FHA VA mm -hmm. that are making it through and, okay. and, and that just probably won't be able to do a workout. And then you've got the investor slash fraudster class. Uh, so yeah, I'm that's, hard. that's, yeah. yeah, I think, um, so I, I call it financial engineering because sure. I want it to be a sexy term. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, financial injury. There is so much pain coming to the financial engineers. I'm on record as two or three years ago, I sold some apartments because I'm like, these cap rates are crazy. And then they went extremely lower. So I lost out on a million bucks or whatever. I had no idea that caps were going to go to, you know, 4% for an 8% asset, right? It's just yeah. crazy. And then you get Airbnb and you get arbitrage and you get, you know, anytime somebody tells me real estate investing is easy, I run the other way. That's why I still speak because I want, yeah. like, I went to an event in San Jose, California, 2018. I just retired. And, you know, I'm there in front of 120 engineers, computer scientists, people, whatever, right? And I give them my one rental at a time story, conservative, do the work, only do positive cash flow. Just, yeah. and all the questions were, hey, I got a hundred grand. I want to be a price. I want to be a syndicator. I want to do this. I want to do that. And like, that's the slow and boring way. I want to do the fast and now way. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. You guys are not <laughs> operators. You're financial engineers. This is going to blow up. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. And it worries me because a lot of them were all cash sales. And I'll put that in quotation yeah. marks. What do you think? So let's talk about that. Let's Because again, yeah. when, when NAR reports all cash, right. which is roughly, I don't know, 30%. 21 to 30%. Okay. Yeah. So- how much of that do you think is really all cash? Because you and I have been doing this a while. Like, you know, you think it's zero? It can't be zero. I, I think that it is way lower than we think because even the top 20% would, mm -hmm. to that financial engineering conversation and our hyper-financialization, yeah. uh, a, a top 20%er is going to say, well, I'm not going to take that out of the bank. Yeah. Like, why do I do go, that? I get a 3% mortgage. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, or, you know, or I have this other property. Let me cash out, refi that. Yeah, let me do an equity line there. And then put it over yeah. here. And okay. so 
of course, it's not zero. There are really filthy rich people, but most of those filthy rich people say filthy rich because they they take advantage every yeah. single advantage. Yeah, yeah they stack so, they stack cash, yeah. and That's then when right. the tide goes out, they buy stuff at fifty cents on the dollar. I mean, right? How they get rich for heaven's sake? They do, and they nickel and dime everything. You know, they expense their bubble gum. They know how to work this game. You know, yeah. so yeah. how high is it? I I really couldn't tell you, yeah. but I. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna long. guess ten percent. I'm gonna guess eight and I think to ten percent. Good, fair. Yeah, let's let's yeah. let's say that, right? Let's just yeah. say that. But that yeah. means two thirds of that thirty aren't real cash, which is the point That's of right. this conversation. Which That's is, right. I'm taking from Paul to pay Peter, and Correct. you know, I'm doing a I'm doing an Equiline, and I'm paying it back with some DSCR loan, or yeah, you know, you're exactly. playing shell games. So. Or I'm taking out a hard money loan and a mortgage <laughs> at the same time because. The title companies can send it for recording and nobody will see it. I mean, I'm seeing that already. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> so let's play this out, right? Uh, we jo so. I joked earlier, GFC one survivor, which implies GFC two. Yes. Um, I'm I'm just going to ask, do, do you see a GFC two sometime in the future? We'll start with that conversation uh, and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I kind of feel like we've been in what I'm going to term a silent depression since 2007. And I, I give a hashtag oh. to Emil Kalinowski, who kind of came up with the term. Um, you know, we've labor silent depression, okay. silent depression, because you know, think about the job market in 2018. Think about it right now. You know, everything's so wonderful, but it's low-paying jobs. You know, we've seen mm -hmm. wages. Sure, they had a little run-up when everybody thought they were getting rich, but now the you know the rate of change on the downside is going pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, there's a lot of questions about how healthy our our job market is, and you know, and so much, so many people stopped participating after 2007, and you know. A whole bunch of different things. We don't have a lot of time, but I'll talk about GFC too. So, you know, I, I study kind of the shadow banks. I study what's going on behind the scenes in the monetary system. Uh, I'm a big fan of your dollar university that, that really very huge Jeff Snyder uh, kind of monetary expert. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing is with this credit crunch that's happening, we're seeing the choking of the system. Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, the shadow banks are now, people disagree, but either one and a half to two and a half times bigger than they were in the GFC. And so, you know, everybody wow. can talk about their capital ratios and their strong balance sheets. But, you know, <laughs> that the, makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> when the shadow banks choke, this is all interconnected. You know, this is going to impact your big banks too. So people talking about how healthy they are, you know, and so Lehman looked healthy. Everybody looked healthy. Like it, this is, and too, just like every test, uh, you can pass the stress test from the Fed because you okay. learn how to take it. Yeah, you know the rules, right? It's not you hard. You know the rules, you become yeah. really good at it. It's a standardized test. And, and, and we know auditors don't ever really audit you you tell them I, I i used to want to add them to figure it out for themselves but they come over to my desk and be like i don't understand this trading yeah. security yeah. okay but shouldn't you you know but anyway <laughs> yeah. why are you here exactly exactly yeah, so, so so it's I happening think, yeah <laughs> so i so i think it's very clear uh that liquidity is draining from the system right if, i mean if you look at yep. m2 it's down you know first time since the great yep. depression negative all that and going lower that's kind of the goal of jerome powell if not the goal of the entire fed uh is to 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 get the nonsense out of the system yeah 
But I guess the kind of closing thought, Melody, is, again, back to the earlier comment about the crash bros who are uh, going after clicks and not trying to help. I think it's fair to say that this has this has orders, if not years, to play out, right? Because even the GFC1, it may have cracked with subprime in, call it, 08, but it ran through 13, 14. Uh, is that fair? Is that fair? I think so. Unless we have an exogenous event or the UFOs decide to show themselves or whatever. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. That could that could change the trajectory. And if we have a credit event this fall, which it feels very much like we might be in store for so more. So de define a credit event, meaning like government shutdown October 1st. So what do you mean credit event? So uh, any of these shadow banks uh, oh, okay. taken, taken a Lehman, you know, like Evergrande, any of those, even the Got ones it. globally. So, yeah. um, you know, that that could really change things uh, okay. if and layoffs accelerate. But if that doesn't happen, um, I agree with you that we'll see kind of positive home uh, home prices in the year. We'll probably get a five to six percent decline next year. I think really 25 is when we would see kind of a, woo, you know, okay. and then and then a couple more years of declines. I mean, this is kind of my macro outlook right now. Mm -hmm. But of course, that's the path. Anything right. could kind of land on the yeah. ship. <laughs> Just yeah. I think that I think the one thing that and we'll let you go in a minute, but one of the things that that we got right on this channel uh, that I didn't hear anybody else talk about a year ago was, guys, you're, you're talking about price and a higher rate does nothing immediately to price. It crushes transactions. Right. It you take this affordability it. scale, you you throw it to the second highest ever. Only 1981 is worse. That's right. demand. And then, oh, by the way, you got Jerome Powell and his buddies breaking the housing market. You got all these people with sub three and sub four percent mortgages. Right. They're not motivated to move. So I have no idea whether because the only way you get a housing crash supply is supply, 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 right. supply, dwarfing demand. That's right. not coming in 23. I don't think that's coming in 24. If we want to talk about 25, 26, 27, that's a great conversation. But yeah. everybody wants it now. Yeah. And that's not how housing works. I, I think it's coming faster than you might think, but okay. I agree. I, I'm seeing acceleration. Even the most conservative in that go around screaming about inventory are seeing that we're going out of trend right now. Uh, okay. Usually, you peak in August, and we're we're going like this. And well, that's I, it, you know why that is. Again, days on market is going to go to forty plus days. Days oh, on yeah. market is the variable to watch because. Yeah. New listings are still trending at all-time lows, but inventory is rising. How does that happen? Right. No demand, days on market. Days yes. on market are going to explode higher. And then investors like me, we are cheap. We're going to start writing offers at 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar and find yes. the motivated sellers. That's so right. That's yep. what I'm doing. Yeah. So where can people <laughs> find you? What is your sub stack? Where, do, where should we send them? Sure. So um, on Twitter, M3 underscore Melody, M-E-L-O-D-Y, uh, it's the M3 Melody Substack and M3 Melody YouTube as well. So you can find me oh, on all of those platforms go. and then Melody right on LinkedIn, W-R-I-G-H-T. So, awesome. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll get you back sometime. We'll talk about being GFC too. And I would love to share with you my 53-year spreadsheet next time. Melody, thank you I'd so much. See it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much.